Welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow. This is a moving river podcast hosted by multifaceted entrepreneur and transformational coach Bia Marie Annie. In this podcast, we want to help you discover the concept of flow and show you ways to get into flow and how you can keep your life flowing. Hello, 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 and welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow, the podcast that delves into the depth of human potential and the transformative power of flow. My name is Bea Marie Anin, and I'm your guide on this transformative journey. And today I have a very, very special guest with me. We already talked beforehand, and there was so much gold in it that I can hardly, I don't know what we're going to talk about now, but I think it's going to be even better. So my wonderful guest is Judy Moreo. She's a speaker, an achievement coach, an NLP practitioner, author, artist, and television show host. She writes books in the self-help genre and is the author of 24 books, including two international bestsellers. One is called You Are More Than Enough. Every Woman's Guide to Purpose, Passion, and Power. And we're definitely going to talk about that one. And yes. the other one is called Ignite the Spark, 24 Creative Ways to Fire Up Your Team. And as a professional speaker, she has presented programs in 29 countries around the globe. She lived in South of Africa for nine years, and she is currently fulfilling her dream of being a television show host by hosting the What's Your Story television show, which can be viewed on the WWDB TV network on Roku. So welcome, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I, I mean, I'm sorry I screwed up your name. <laughs> That's uh, completely fine. To, I'm not attached to What a way to, to start name. an interview, insult the host right away, right? So sorry. Thank you for having me here. I promise I'll behave from now on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful start, I have to say. So you didn't insult me at all. I'm not attached to my name. As soon as you, <laughs> well, uh, your name so. is attached to you and we need to make sure I get it right in the future. You know, that's one of the things I'm always afraid of as a host of a TV show is that I'm going to screw up someone's name. And I work so hard not to do that. And then with you, I do it right away. So when you're <laughs> on my show, I promise I won't screw up your name. All right. All right. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the book. You are more than enough. I think this is the most important thing to talk about nowadays, because especially for young women, This, this theme of not measuring up with all the social media and all the exposure and seeing everybody's, you know, peak moments there. Right, right, right. I, we have a tendency to compare our lives with the lives that we see that other people are displaying on on the camera. And the truth is, they're just showing you the highlights. They're showing you the best of their life. And so we compare our average life with their best life. I mean, if we showed the best of our lives, we would compare. But it's it's not a comparison game. and We need to stay away from that. You know, don't compare yourself with someone else. Compare yourself only with yourself. Where are you today in conjunction with where you were before? 
and and are you accomplishing what you want to accomplish? Are you going where you want to go? Because it doesn't really matter what anybody else is doing. I mean, we do want to get along with other people and we like other people and we want to support other people and their dreams and their goals. But the truth is, what we're doing is what we should be about. And and I uh, I've had this from the time I was a child. My dad made me sit down when I was 16 years old and write down what I thought my life purpose would be. He said, he put wow. it a different way. He said he said um, I want you to write what your tombstone will say. And I thought he was going to kill me because I was throwing a fit about something. And <laughs> and he he said no no no. I want you to have a purpose. I want you to know what your purpose is because if you know your purpose, you've always got a north star. If you know your purpose, you can always say no if somebody asks you to do something and it doesn't fit with your purpose. And mm -hmm. so at 16 years old, we sat a whole afternoon, the two of us, and we figured out that what I really wanted my purpose to be was that I wanted to live my life in such a positive way that my life would live after me in a positive way. And so then everything comes to that. If you want to live in a positive way, you want to write positive books. If you want to live in a positive way, you want to do a positive TV show. If you want to live in a positive way, you want to be nice to other people and support other people and not be nasty and not go around insulting people. And and especially for a, a smart aleck teenager like I was, you know, I had to learn that being cute wasn't always kind. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I had to learn to behave in a way that made other people like me rather than being just what I thought was smart, but I wasn't smart. I was just being a show off. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, how cool is that to have a father or, you know, any kind of. Mentor um, or coach. Yeah. Somebody who looks after you like that, you know, that you determine your values that you really say, okay, this is what I want out of life. Mm -hmm. Because when I remember when I was 16, I just had my first like life's, life's crisis kind of because my dreams of be becoming a, a prima ballerina were shattered. Oh, oh <laughs> and, that's bad. Hmm? That's that? bad when your dreams are shattered. Yes, but it was actually good because it led me then to other beautiful things. But with 16, I was just, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what this is. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Do, 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 do. So I did a lot of stuff that I don't think every, every girl needs to go through at that age. No, no. no. And so kudos to your dad for sitting you down like that. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, You Are More Than Enough. I I wrote it for, for women, yes, but for girls as well. You know, girls that are 16, 17, 18, 19, they're going, getting ready to go out into the world. It's, it's a complete personal development program that I put into a book so that they would they would know that, you know, the way we communicate with other people will make a difference in our success. The way we dress will make a difference in our success. What we believe about ourselves will make a difference in our success. So each chapter stands alone. It's written by itself about who you can be and what you can do if, if you will just believe in yourself. And, um, you know, we have a tendency to overestimate everybody else and underestimate ourselves. Mm. And we, we need to learn that we can do or be or have anything that we want if we are willing to work hard enough, if we're willing to go after it, if we're willing to learn, and if we're willing to give up whatever we might have to give up in order to get there. 
And, and we need to be real clear on all of that when we start after something, because everything has, has a price. And so sometimes we have to give things up whenever we're going for success. And I've been so fortunate that I've had such a great life. I mean, I've had a couple of phenomenal businesses. I started my first business with $2,000 and everybody said, oh, you can't start a business with $2,000. I said, yes, you can. I didn't have any idea that you couldn't start a business with $2,000. And at the end of the first month, I didn't have any money. I couldn't pay the second month's rent. So I went to my landlord and I said, I can't pay my rent. I'm so sorry. I said, I'm at this point, but everything went wrong in the economy. And and I just don't have the money to pay the rent. And he said, well, honey, can you hang in there for six months? And I said, well, yes, I, I can if I, you know, if I could just make the rent. And he said, well, the guy next door bet me that you wouldn't last the business six months. And I bet him you would. He said, so if you can last six months, we'll make enough money off the bet to pay your rent. True story. <laughs> that is amazing. You just never know who believes in you. You just yeah. never know. And, that and was... I did it. And I stayed in that building with that with that person for 20 years. I had my business there and was very, very successful. Ended up buying my own building, eventually selling the business. And that man is still my friend today because uh, he helped me back way back when you know and I didn't I didn't know any different yeah but and here's that, what I've learned about success you go as far as you can go and then you look and you'll you'll see the next step hmm. you don't have to know all the steps in the beginning just go as far as you can go and when you're there just stop and say okay what's the next step because the next step is the important one absolutely and I love I love, 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 love that you were so open and vulnerable mm. about that you could not pay the rent, that you were no, at that, that you were at that point. You know, you usually like I know so many women who would, you know, then tiptoe around it or be like, uh, can I have, you know, a little bit of time or can I, you know, to push out the inevitable kind of. But mm -hmm. you you stood there and were like, Nope, sorry, I cannot pay it. So I what are we going to do money. about this? Yeah, I was like, we have a problem, you and I. <laughs> he was like, well, we'll figure it out. Um, he was one of those old Las Vegas types, you know, with the, the shirt open and the hair looked like he used his daughter's curling iron and the gold <laughs> chains. And, you know, he was an old Italian, wonderful man, wonderful man. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So... When we when we speak about you're not enough, this really big limiting belief, what else have you learned about that? I had a lady sitting next to me at a luncheon recently, and she leaned over and she said to me, I think it would be so wonderful just to be a somebody. Oh. And I said, well, you are a somebody. And she said, no, I'm not anybody. I'm not important. And I said, excuse me, you know, first off, if you're here on this earth, you are important. You were born for a reason and you are somebody. You just have to define who that somebody is. You have to define what it is you want, where you want to go, what you want to do. And then you become the somebody that you want to be rather than just the somebody that you are. But don't ever say to yourself, I'm a nobody. 
because you aren't, you know, it's, we're here for a reason. We were put here for a reason. Maybe so far we haven't gotten the education that we wanted to get, or we haven't traveled like we wanted, or we haven't gotten the position and the job or the employment that we wanted. Maybe we aren't where we want to be, but we are still somebody very important. And that's the thing that I try to get through to the girls and the women that I work with, that I coach and that I, I do a lot of work with, um, women who have been sexually trafficked Mm -hmm. or I also work with young girls who have been put in in homes um, detention facilities and so on and I and I I talk to them about why did you end up where you are I don't care why you did I just want you to realize why you didn't do something different because when you realize that you did not have the mentorship, you did not have the guidance, you didn't have someone to give you help with your goals, you know, then you realize it's not really your fault that you aren't where you want to be. You know, once you become aware of who you want to be, what you want to be, where you want to go, what you want to do, what you want to have, when you get real aware of that, then you set your goals and you go after it, mm. you know, but but if we're just going through life, letting life just push us around whatever direction it wants to, you know, then, of course, you're going to feel kind of upset and, and not real confident. Yeah. So I try to help people get real clear on their goals. That was very, very precise. As, oh. <laughs> no, this is so good. This is so good because all of our listeners right now can take away really, really precise points, you know. Um, sometimes uh, when we talk about, oh, what do I bring to the world or what can I do? Or, it's like this, yeah, w- wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. I, is, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the term in English, but this is like what I yes, use. It when is. It's very it is. wobbly. And and you just determined that so clearly and said, this is how it is. This is how we do it. I really, yes. really love that. Yes. So... When we talk about purpose and passion and also power, how how would you determine the word power in that case? Well, for me, power is personal power. Mm -hmm. It's it's when when you walk in a room, do you own who you are? You know, when you walk in a room, do people turn around and look to see who you are? Do you walk through that door and then stop and stand there for just a minute and glance around the room before you take the next step? That's power. Because what you're doing is you're walking in and you're saying, look at me. And you look around the room and you determine, okay, that's where I want to sit over there. You don't just run in the room and sit in the first convenient chair. You know, you you own your own power. You know who you are. And so you take the time to position yourself. You take the time to say, oh, there's a person I want to sit by. Or there's a person I think it would be good for me to meet. I've been lucky in that <laughs> in that I have had the opportunity to meet a lot of very important people quite by accident. But then I look back on it and I say, was it really an accident? What years and years ago, uh, my girlfriend told me that if I wanted to be successful, I needed to go to the chamber of commerce luncheons. That's where business people go and they have lunch and they hear a speaker and they network with each other. And I said, okay. So I went to the luncheon and I got there and I looked around the room uh, thinking, I don't know anybody. Where am I going to sit? You know, and I saw this man sitting down near the front by himself. And I thought, oh, you know, he looks like he could use somebody to sit by him. He's all by himself. 
So I went down and I said, excuse me, could I sit here? And he said, yes. And I sat down and we talked and he was very nice and pleasant to me. And he'd asked me what I did. And I told him and I asked him what he did. And he said he ran a little hotel on the Las Vegas Strip. And and he gave me his card and I looked at it and I didn't recognize the name because it was the corporate name, not the hotel name. Mm -hmm. And I put it in my wallet and he said, if you ever need help, call me. I said, fine. And I We had a nice lunch. I left. My girlfriend came over after to my office after the lunch, and she said, well, did you go? Was it successful? I said, yeah, I went. She said, well, did you meet anybody? No, I just met one person. She said, oh, really? Who was it? I said, I don't know. I said, I, he just ran some little hotel. And she goes, oh, really? Well, did you get a card? I said, yeah, I got a card. I pulled out the card, and I showed it to her, and she starts screaming and jumping up and down, and she's like, you met this person? You met this person? You met? And I said, well, yeah, he was really nice. And she runs out of the office and she gets in her car and leaves. And I thought, what on earth is wrong with her? And about 20 minutes later, she comes back with a Time magazine, which is a very popular magazine in America, news, very newsy. Mm -hmm. uh, only the most important people get on the cover. And this man's picture was on the cover <laughs> of the current Time magazine. And she's like, is this him? Is this him? Is this him? And I'm like, yeah, that's him. And she goes, you don't know who he is? And I said, no. And she goes, well, he's Howard Hughes's right-hand man. He 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 runs all the big hotels on the Strip. He's that's who he is. And she said, "What did he say to you?" I said, "Well, he said if he could ever help me, call him." She said, "Well, call him, call him, call him." I said, "Why would I call him?" She said, "You need all the help you can get." <laughs> so she was right. And so I called him and I told the secretary that he told me to call him. And so she made me an appointment and I went in to meet him. And the man turned out to be a wonderful mentor, and he ended up giving me the business for all of the promotional uh, events they had in all of the hotels that he managed on the Las Vegas Strip. So it was just an incredible experience. But it's because I sat down next to somebody that nobody else was sitting next to. And most people weren't sitting next to him because they knew who he was, and they, they were intimidated by his power. Mm. by who he was and what he did. See, I didn't know the difference. I just, to me, it was just a person. So I just parked myself down there. And because of that, so many times in life, I found I, I end up meeting incredible people just because I look around and I say, oh, there's a person by themselves or there's a, there's a chair up front next to that man. So I go up there rather than in the back. Mm. And invariably, I meet somebody cool. And and the more you meet people who can help you get where you want to go in life, the more power you have. And then the more power you have, you help other people get where they need to go. And then you still have more power because you've helped these other people. It's just uh, it's just amazing how it works. Yes. And I love that you brought this up because I also truly believe in community. I truly believe in that we get successful by lifting others up and not by elbowing our way up. Oh, exactly. Exactly. When I started out in the business world, women didn't help other women. Mm -hmm. Women were in competition with other women. And they were like, I want to be the only woman in this position, or I'm the only woman that got this far. Or, I'm the only woman on the board of directors. And and it's changed now to where women are helping women. I, I'm in this Women Entrepreneurs Association, and that's the whole purpose is for women entrepreneurs to help each other because women entrepreneurs are very often out there by themselves and they don't have a team. They don't have people to talk to. And so if you're in a group with other women entrepreneurs, you can share ideas. You can share 
sources and resources and you can you can support each other you can support one another you can send business to one another i have direct competitors in the coaching industry that i'm in because i coach speakers and writers and and i have direct competitors that send me business because they're doing something and they say oh this person isn't exactly right for me i think i'll send them over to judy she can help them so Mm. it's and I do that for them because if I know I'm not right for someone, let's give them to someone who can help them because the idea is to help them. It's to help them. It's not to be the all important one. Yes. You know, you get more important by helping other people become important. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for pointing that out as well, because there's so <laughs> many, no, because there's so many gurus out there you know who lift themselves up but but by the misery of the people following them and so when we help each other helping others we all win because this is how we elevate our frequency that's how we elevate the frequency of the planet and create a more more community community a better community on this planet exactly exactly that's exactly what we do. And that's one of the things I teach people. I, I created, um, after I wrote You Are More Than Enough, I'll, I'll show you the book. After I wrote this book, the You Are More Than Enough book, You Are More mm-hmm. Than Every Woman's Guide to Purpose, Passion, and Power. At the end of every chapter, I put a, uh, I put a homework assignment. Mm. So uh, the people have to go out and do something about what they just read in that chapter. Mm. And the, and the people that did it, they loved it so much. They would call me and they would say, okay, I've filled up my book and I don't have any place to write now. And so I created this thing called an achievement journal. And it's, uh, it looks like this. It's a journal for uh, people to um, achieve their goals. That's why it's called an achievement journal. And, And the journal has 411 affirmations in it. But more than that, it has a place for you every day to write one thing, just one thing that you did that day toward one of your goals. You just Mm. write down the one thing you did that day towards one of your goals. There's also a place for your vision board in it and the eight different areas of your life. There's uh, for you to paste your pictures for your vision board and so on. And, um, And then at the end of every 21 days, there's a way to measure how you're doing in the eight areas of your life. And then a place for you to write the next step. You write in the next step. And so um, I've sold over 40,000 of these journals. Can you believe it? And and the people that that use it tell me it really works. But then there's those people who won't write in it because they say it's too pretty and they don't want to write in it and mess it up. And I'm like, (laughs) no, 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 no. And then you'll see in the back of it, I put... I put peel and stick gold stars. Can you see the gold stars? Uh, yeah. On this, whoops. On yeah, this they're page. perfect. Uh, they're all different sized gold stars. And they're peel and stick gold stars. And it's so that every day when you accomplish what one thing it was, you peel a gold star and you go in and you stick it there because it's anchoring in your self-esteem by actually the physical placement of that star. You're anchoring in your, I did it. And Mm -hmm. so it's helping you with your self-esteem. So I put those peel and stick gold stars in there for people to uh, give themselves a gold star every day. I got that idea from my dad. He used to, when I was growing up, he had an old Dino notebook and he would always put gold stars if he had a good day. And if he had a really great day, he would put seven or eight gold stars. And 
I said, Daddy, you're a grown man. Why are you doing that? And he'd go, because on the days when they aren't going so well, I can flip through that book and see my gold stars. And I know they're not all like this. Wow. Your dad has been a very, very beautiful soul. Oh, he was. He was really amazing. He was a salesman uh, back in the 1940s, 1950s. And uh, he was far ahead of his time. Mm -hmm. He was just, he was so into positive mental attitude and focusing on where you're going and focusing on your goals and achieving your goals. My mother used to say he could sell ice cubes to Eskimos because he he just so focused on other people and helping them get where they wanted to go. And so consequently, he ended up a very successful man. But he was he was great with us. He taught us all how to believe in ourselves. I remember <laughs> I, I talk a lot, don't I? <laughs> That's I completely fine. <laughs> this is about you. And I want to share your story with my audience. So I remember great. when I was when I was in high school, I had a date with the football captain uh, mm. to go to the homecoming dance. And I was so pleased. And I went to the, the football game before the dance and watched the game. And then this guy came over and he said he was supposed to take me, this other guy, he was supposed to take me from the from the game to the dance. And I was to meet up with Richard at the dance. So I said, okay. So he drove me over and he took me there. And then Richard never showed up. And that guy just spent the evening dancing with me and spending time with me. And by the end of the evening, I found out that, that Richard had actually paid this guy, Bill, uh, $20 to take me off his hands because he didn't want to take me to the dance. Oh. And it just crushed my soul. You know, yeah. that somebody paid somebody to take me out so that they wouldn't have to. And I went home and my my dad gave me quite the lecture about being upset about it, that these people weren't worth my time. And I had to I had to remember that, you know, I was somebody important and that um, I could have had a good time with Bill if I would had just accepted it and enjoyed it and whatever. So I didn't I didn't deal, deal with it real well. But 20 years later, we had a high school reunion in the same gym. And by then, I had been a model in New York, and I had done all kinds of wonderful things and been um, recognized as being somebody important. <laughs> and um, I went to the 20-year reunion, and I looked like a million dollars, and I walked in, and there were Richard and Bill leaning against the wall over by themselves. And I just took out two $20 bills, and I went over and handed one to each of them. And they went, what is this about? And I said, I'm buying back my self-esteem. Oh. And they're like, what? I said, you ruined my self-esteem. I allowed you to do it. And I'm giving you back the 20 bucks. And I hope that you'll never do that to anyone again. And they were both like, oh, you know, can't believe she did that. But yeah. I felt so good about it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But it took twenty years for me to twenty years for me to have the courage to walk over and say, "Here, I'm buying back my self esteem." You know, high school or you know even elementary school can be so cruel to our souls. Like, it can I, be. I mean, when I was seven, my dad was a beautiful human being. He was an amazing father and an amazing husband to my mom. But when I was seven, you know, I was dancing around the house and I was singing all day long. And when you come, he, ha he had his own business. So when he came home after a 12 hour day and I have two kids now, so I know exactly what he felt like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, when somebody's just screaming and 
like happy dancing and making, you know, kids noises and stuff. Yeah. He's, he told me I have a voice for the ballet, you know, and when you, when you know the ballet, then you know that at ballet, you express yourself through the body, through but, movement, yes. yeah, but not through the voice. And at that point, I didn't really know what he was talking about. I didn't get it, but my whole life basically revolved around that. I, mm-hmm. you know, I became an actress to, to, to speak other people's words, not my own. And everything else, you know, when I, when I had to stand up in front of the class or say something or present something, I would freeze. I would, you know, I would completely be in shock to do that. And it took me, I think 25 years about, or yeah, maybe 30 years actually to understand where that came from and also work through it and heal through that. And it wasn't, it wasn't in, you know, it wasn't a bad comment. He didn't say that to hurt me or anything. No, no, he had no malicious intent at all. No, He just wants you to quiet down for a little while. Yeah. And so what, what happens to us in childhood, you know, that that's why most, most of the problems that we face as adults are be, can be traced back to our childhood, to little incidences, tiny incidences. Yes. And those tiny yes. incidences really determine who we become as adults. Exactly. Exactly. That's why it's so important for parents to be aware of what they're saying to to children, because it's not just what we say today, but what we say today sticks with that person for a long time or a long time. My older sister used to always accuse me of being clumsy when I was growing up. You're so Mm -hmm. clumsy. Well, that led to my going to modeling school and learn to a modeling career and trying to go through life not being clumsy. And, and one of my biggest speaking engagements, I just never will forget it. I was so impressed. I had like 3,000 people in the audience at a speaking engagement. And I walked up on stage and I tripped on the top step and I fell flat on my face. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there I was. And I had to stand up and walk on out on that stage and deliver that speech. And, you know, it could have happened to anybody. Mm. But to me, when I fell, my sister's voice was in here going, you're so clumsy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you said that before we started, it's about how we talk to ourselves is yes. the most important communication that we have, the most important conversations that we have, and the most important words that we speak. And when we speak badly to ourselves or negatively, then that also reflects on out to our outside. Because if, and we say things to ourselves we would never say to someone else. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I often point that out in my programs. I'll say, uh, would you turn to the person sitting next to you and just say, you're so stupid, you're so dumb, you're so ignorant. I can't even believe that you're here on the face of this earth. And they just look at me and they go, no, I won't do that. And I'm like, oh, have you ever said that to yourself? Yes. So why won't you say it to that person? Well, I don't want to hurt them. Ah. Huh? But it's okay to hurt yourself. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. We don't think about ourselves. We don't give ourselves that same regard that we give to other people. We were taught to put ourselves last, to put other people first. And I'm not saying to be so full of yourself that you just walk around going, me, 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 me. But 
you need to learn to regard that this person needs you as much, if not more than anyone else. This person needs you to love them. This person needs you to look in the mirror and say, you're so beautiful. You're so pretty. You're so smart. You're so intelligent that this person needs you to say that. And, and I do it every day of my life. My family thinks I'm crazy, but I get up in the morning and I say, I'm powerful. I'm effective. I'm good at what I do. People love me and I love people. And today I'm going to say just the right thing at the right time. And somebody out there is going to appreciate it because they need it. And I'm going to remember exactly what I need to know today. And if for some reason somebody wants to know something that I can't answer, or I can't get back to them. Guess what? I can find out and I can let them know later. That's why, because I'm powerful and I'm effective and I'm good at what I do. I look good. I smell good. Yay me. This is incredible. Ah! It's an every, it's an everyday thing. Before I go on stage, I do that. Before I walk on a stage to talk to an audience, I say a prayer. I ask God to help me remember what I need to know to help whomever in that audience needs to know it that day to give me that information at the right time to touch the right person. And then I do my affirmation and then I walk on stage. I do that too. I also yeah. have my little prayer before. It's I, important. And I also, like, I always um, imagine that there's like this light coming from above and that it just mm. um, fills my throat with gold so that everything Ooh. that comes out is basically gold for somebody. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That's good. Now I'm going to be talking about you and how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I I just believe that when we do that, when we focus on serving other people, we we are also serving ourselves. And yes. when when we care and when we take care about ourselves, we also take care about others. You know, in, yeah. in an airplane, they always say, put on your oxygen mask first before you help everybody. And yeah. in, in real life, we're like, no, no, oxygen mask to everybody else. Here, have an oxygen mask. And then we right. die on site. But in right. an airplane, when they tell us, we're like, no, no, I need to put on my oxygen mask first because I can help nobody else otherwise. Exactly. So, and so that's, the, the, that's the same thing in life. You got to take care of yourself because if you're sick and in bed, you can't help anybody else. Yeah. You have to take care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. You have to take care of you. Yes. And that is such a beautiful closing word there, Judy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. This was such an enlightening conversation. This was incredible. I'm taking away so much from this. And I hope all my all our listeners are too. Well, I'm sure that they learn a lot from you on a regular basis. And I appreciate that you've given me the opportunity to be here. Thank you so much. Mm. And always remember, you are more than enough. Yes. Yes, we all are. Thank you for coming on. And that's it. That's it for today. That's our show. Thank you so much for coming in, tuning in and listening to the 52 Weeks of Flow podcast. I'm giving you a virtual high five right now because you have made it to the end of this empowering and enlightening episode. If you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to reach out. We're under www.superwoman.coach. And if you want to connect to Judy, all of the links will be underneath this video uh, or underneath 
this <laughs> podcast description. Yes. You know, because you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes, wherever you're listening to us right now, or when you're watching us right now on YouTube, it's definitely underneath this video. And so thank you so much for coming in again. If you have 10 seconds, then please rate this show and review this show. It would mean the world to me. And until next time, keep shining, keep learning, keep growing, and keep flowing.